morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Good to see you. How are we all doing? And those who are joining online, how are you doing? <laughs> but it's good to see everyone today. It's nice to see uh, the church uh, full of folks. Great that we're all here. Um, we're here to worship God first and foremost. That's why we're here. But it's great to fellowship with one another as well. And we get the chance to have those face-to-face conversations So we're going to worship God today. We're going to take communion. So if you're online and you're at home, um, just maybe make sure that you've got something to hand for communion. Um, We're going to pray as we begin. Um, At the end of the day, what we are looking for is God's presence in our gatherings. It's always about his presence. You know, we can come together, but we're coming together around him. He is the central figure. He is the focus. And we're looking for the presence of God all the time. You know, I, I was reading this morning in Corinthians about... Um, how God's strength is made perfect in weakness and how Paul doesn't boast about himself. He doesn't come with wise words and persuasive arguments, but with a a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I don't know about you, sometimes I kind of think, sometimes I think that demonstration of the Spirit's power is the very fact that we're still standing, the very fact that we're still here, the very fact that we're in God's house together. Because there are sometimes when you just go, what is this all about? What is this life all about? You know, and it's very easy to kind of give up. And many, many people do, many Christians give up. But we're here, we've not given up, we're persevering, we're carrying on because we know that our God is with us. We've got to be safe and do all those kind of things, but God is with us. And so we keep looking to him, we keep looking for his presence in all that we do. So let's just pray. Uh, we're going to worship God together. Remember, we're not, we're advised not to sing, so, um, but you can sing and make music in your hearts. Um, and, and really just lift our, our, our voices and our, our vo- my voice today because <laughs> I'm going to lead Sarah's going to be rest today Sam's is going to be speaking for us today I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to bring today Sam's um, but let's just pray as we come into his presence uh, as, as family, church family together Father we are so pleased to be together as church family whether we're joining uh, online uh, or, or we're here in person father we're, we're just so pleased to, to be together to know that we're yours father to know that we belong to you that we belong to each other and father we just thank you i thank you for every family that's represented in this church and father i just pray your blessing on every family and father that you would just come and that you would meet the needs which we have as families father we pray particularly for bet today lord she needs uh, a real touch in her body from you and father we just ask that you would come and that you'd be so present with her and father that your power would be evident in her and father we pray that your peace would just pervade her whole being father there are so many uh, needs and, and things which are going on in our families Lord, you know every need. You know the things that are on our hearts. And so, Father, we just lift them before you today. We bring them to you. We bring our cares, our concerns. We cast our cares upon you because you care for us. And, Father, we know that we can do that. But, Father, today we come not only to cast our cares upon you, but, Father, to worship you, to lift up the name of Jesus in this service today. And, Father, we just pray that your presence would be the central focus of our gathering. Father, we ask that you would come and that you'd be so present in this gathering because, Father, that's what makes the difference in our lives. It's your presence that makes the difference. And, Lord, as we 
worship you through song. Father, we just pray that there would be something come from within our hearts that would really ascend into heaven today. And Father, that it would declare your goodness, that it would declare your greatness. And Father, we pray that for those who have heavy hearts today, Father, that we would find hope and that we would find meaning and we would find purpose, Father, even, even in the difficulties. And so, Father, we just pray, lead us as we worship you today, as your church family in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.
because, Father, we know that you are the Alpha and the Omega. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And Father, we just thank you that you have an eternal grasp on reality. Father, you have an eternal grasp on the big picture. And Father, we thank you that in that knowledge we can come to you and we can trust you. In every circumstance, in every situation, we can trust you.
Father, we worship you this morning. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Father, we recognize through the words that we're singing that, Father, you don't want us to have an undivided heart. You're not just wanting part of us, but, Father, you want all of us. And so, Father, we just lay ourselves down at your feet today. Father, we lay our whole lives down at your feet as an act of worship today. Father, everything about us, Father, our worries, our anxiety, our cares, our fears, our joys, our celebrations, the things that make us happy, the things that make us sad, Father, the things that we understand and the things that we don't understand, our questions. Father, we just come and we lay everything down at your feet this morning as an act of worship, as an act of obedience to you this morning. Father, we just lift up the name of Jesus in this place today because he is, he is the focus, he is the center and we just want him to be lifted up. Father, we want your name to be glorified in our gathering today. And so, Father, we just pray, continue to open up our hearts. Father, for some of us, there just needs to be maybe that, I, I don't know, just that there needs to be something that needs to be released today in our hearts. Something that we just need to let go of, something that we've been holding on to. And I really feel God is saying, you just need to let that go today. You need to give it over to him as you come and as you bow at his feet today. You need to give it to him and you need to leave it with him today so tempting to take it back so tempting to, to hold on to it it's so tempting to allow it to define us and to allow it to be part of our identity and, and, and just who we are that maybe a difficulty or a problem or, or, or something that's been said to us in the past that still affects us God is saying come and just lay it down at his feet today cast that thing upon him just confess it to him today and as we take communion just release that to him today he has come to give us life and to give us wholeness and to give us peace and so as we prepare to take communion just release that thing to God today whatever it is whatever's on your heart whatever is troubling you just release it to him today and just trust in him Bible says in Matthew chapter 26 verse 26 through to 30 while they were eating Jesus took bread he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body and then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out 
to the Mount of Olives. And so Jesus initiated something that we still celebrate 2,000 years later. There was something of himself invested into this because he's talking about his body and, and we are his body. I was reading um, in Chronicles about how uh, David wanted to build the temple and, and Nathan said to him, yeah, on you go, that's good. And then God spoke to Nathan that night and says, actually, hang on a second, that's not his job. And the job had to come to Solomon. But when you read what it says there, it says that David's kingdom would be an everlasting kingdom. And so that's not something that just fell to Solomon. That's something that fell to his descendant, Jesus himself. And Jesus became the eternal king, and it's his kingdom. And when he talks about building a temple, he's not talking about a building. He's talking about the church we are the temple of God. We are the place where God lives. God lives through his Holy Spirit inside of us. We are the building, an eternal building, not one made by bricks and, and, and wood and, and cement and stuff like that. We are an eternal building that God comes and lives in. He inhabits us. He inhabits our praise. God lives in us. And this is what Jesus initiated all those years ago. He saw the church. He began the church. He's building the church. It's his church and nothing can come against it. And so as we take bread, let's be thankful to him for what he is doing in our presence, in the church. Even amidst difficult times, he is doing these things. So let's just prepare to take uh, the, the bread together and then we'll take wine uh, together as well. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus, which... Uh, just encapsulated everything that was divine. Father, his body encapsulated everything that was God. He was fully God and yet fully man. God living in a human body. Father, it's just beyond our minds to understand. And that body was given up to be beaten and to be tortured and to be crucified. But Father, ultimately to be raised to life, to be raised to newness of life in you through your power. And Father, we thank you that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that works in us. And so, Father, as we take this bread, it reminds us of his body, that perfect body which was broken for us. And so, Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus which was spilled at that time. And Father, that was the ultimate fulfillment of what we see in the Old Testament where animals would be sacrificed to make atonement for sin, to, to make us at one with you, to make those people at one with you. But Father, we thank you that Jesus became a sacrifice once and for all, that his blood was spilled for us once and for all and put an end to all sacrifice because he gave himself for us, that his blood was spilled and that it's that very act that makes us clean, that we are sprinkled in a sense with the blood of Jesus as they used to do in the Old Testament, as they sprinkled the blood on the altar. 
that that blood is what makes us clean. And Father, we thank you that we can enter fully into that relationship with you. Father, that we can stand as people who are whole and clean because of the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for that. And so, Father, as we take wine that reminds us of that blood which was spilled, Father, we pray that you bless it to us. And Father, that the, the, the healing which is applied through that would be applied to us, whether it's emotionally, physically, or spiritually today. Father, we just pray that that healing would be applied to us as we remember him in Jesus' name. thank you that for the peace which can be ours simply by giving ourselves to you simply by surrendering to you simply by casting our cares upon you father you have said through Isaiah the prophet that you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast father the person whose mind is focused on you you will keep them in peace perfect peace and father we just pray for that peace to come into our hearts today father that it would flood our whole being that we would know that peace that surpasses understanding father help us as a people to be thankful lord we have so much to thank you for today and lord we we just come and we we bless you today and father we just ask for those who need a touch from you father where there is need in, in hearts and lives and families lord we pray that you come and that you'd be so present in those needs lord that where there's a physical need lord that you bring healing an emotional need father that you bring healing a spiritual need father that you bring just a, a point of contact and connection with you and so father we just we look to you we continue to look to you we've nobody else to look to father we thank you that we can look to you and so father we just pray your blessing upon us today. Father, we pray for Sam's as he uh, prepares to come and share a word with us today. Lord, we ask that your hand would be upon him and that you would really speak through him today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. And so I'm going to hand over to Sam's and he's, as he's coming up just to remind you that prayer's back on this week, Monday, 9.30 in the morning, uh, Wednesday um, at 7.30 in the evening. Also, Oxygen will be back on this week, and uh, we'll just keep you posted with other things that are happening as we continue to walk through all this COVID stuff. So, over to Sam's, Lord bless Good morning, church, both in-house and online. I pray the Spirit of God be with you all today. 
I'll read a, a psalm for us which sets the pace for what I'm going to speak about today. It says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that fully well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the sacred place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they will outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the saints gathered here and those that are watching from home at any time. I pray your peace. I pray your love. I pray your guidance in all that we do, Lord. Let your presence be felt. Let your love surround us. Let us know who you are and know what you are in our lives. And let us all know who we are in you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, I thought we should speak about identity. And the question is, who am I? All right. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> I said today, we will speak about identity. And the question is, who am I? Who are you? What we are is not clearly defined in any sense that is humanly known. Is it our name that makes us? I don't think so because the name Sam was given to me by my dad even before I was born. My mom was at the cinema with dad and they were watching this movie called Samson and Delilah. And this guy was doing amazing stuff, pushing the walls and the walls were crumbling. And his, his mom says, mm, if this one comes out the boy, then it's going to be Samson because God has used this one mightily. But is that who I really am? I'm not sure. Is it the name I'm called when I go about doing my job? Uh, Sam the Kira or the Kira? Is that me? I don't know. Or is it what my boys call me? Dad, dad, dad. Does that fully define who I am? I think it goes beyond that. But in our world today, Facial recognition is one of the main ways which we are identified. 
our voice, our name, the keys of our body. When somebody's walking and you're behind them, the way they swagger, you look at it and you can tell that is definitely Robert Cook going there. <laughs> we are identified by our religion as well. Age, race, all these forms what people look at to identify us. But is that our identity? Is that who we are? You look at that picture and you tell instantly, that's a Maasai warrior. And in his land, that guy is a powerful guy running about, chasing the lions, fighting his neighbors and all that. You look at that, that's a typical Scotsman with his bagpipes and looking glorious with the gorgeous thingy and all the colors that comes with it. And of course, don't forget the drum can hang in there. When he's cold, he just takes a sip of it and he feels okay. And that's a typical strong man from Japan, a sumo warrior. He stands and he stands his ground and he dares anybody to come and wrestle him. And when he walks about, people know him. That's the sumo warrior. And of course, in my home country, when I see the face of that lady there with the marks that are on, his, on her face, I could tell exactly which part of the country she comes from down to the dialect she speaks. That's a Fulani woman. And that markings is peculiar to that people. Or is that who we are? Statistics says we are completely insignificant. It says we are just one in a million. In six billion, sorry. That's how insignificant each of us could be when we put the whole of human race together. One in six billion and above. Some says we are a product of evolutionary thingy and that me, I'm like a great-grandchild of a monkey. I don't buy that. Your boss at work could tell you that you're replaceable. The bank calls you the breadwinner at some point. But the same bank turns around and calls you the debtor the next moment. Well, our government calls us taxpayers. Because that's what we are to them. We just take, take, take. Even the church calls you a prospect, a visitor an adherent, or even a member. We have all these titles. My wife calls me sweetheart. <laughs> and so we have different identity to different people or different organizations. No wonder we have identity crisis sometimes. The cow goes meow, and the cat goes moo. And there's the tomato, wondering if it's a fruit or if it's a vegetable. 
I think the bottom line comes to us. We must know who we are. You must discover yourself, discover your purpose. What is your value? What is your potential? Why are you here? Where are you going? We must overcome our complexities. We have to be free. There should be no guilt attached to who we are. We must not be made to feel little than who we are. We are winners. And all these things I proclaim upon you are not just mere words to make you feel good, brethren. These are words from the scriptures, as we will see in a short while. I will tell you the Daniel story. At a time, the Babylonians conquered, Jerusalem, uh, conquered Israel and they took some boys over. And the king knew that these guys are really clever and he decided that they pick these guys and bring them into royalty, train them in the ways of the Babylonian so that he can enjoy the cleverness and all these guys have to bring. And there were four of them, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and of course Daniel. All these guys had their Hebrew names, but you know what happened? The culture of that time invaded on them, changed them. The real name for, that was given to Daniel when he came over to the land, was Best Belteshazzar. And we are in that kind of situation now, brethren, that our environment is invading on who we are, eroding on what we stand for, and making us to compromise in our modern world. Whatever we say has to be politically correct. We must do things not to hurt our neighbors. We cannot say things the way we want to say it in case it is misconstrued as something else. This guy Daniel and his mates were invited to the king's table to enjoy all the goodness that was there. They were trained and Record says that Daniel, just one Daniel, was equal to 10 clever guys from Babylon. That's how blessed Daniel was. And so were his mates. All of them rose to positions, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. But Daniel was superior of a kind. He was outstanding. The Bible records that he served under Three different kings. He was so powerful and so useful that every king that comes to throne takes Daniel up and keeps him in the cabinet. At a point, he was 
the head of the heads. The only person more powerful than Daniel, same like the story of Joseph, was King Darius himself. We need to be careful how we go about our business, you know. The devil really knows how to do. He invades on your beliefs. He invades on your thought forms. He invades on your God. He invades every aspect of your life and makes you feel like you must conform to the modern world for you to be relevant. We should not compromise who we are. Our core conviction must be apparent to our workmates, must be apparent to our, uh, our relatives, our family, within our circles. They must know who we are. If we fail in that, we have failed ourselves and we have denied ourselves who we are. And then we are less than part of what we should be. What I'm trying to say here is, before we get ourselves into any situation, we must have predecided who we are, what our response is going to be to any given situation that we find ourselves, and must stand tall and defend what we believe, who we know we are. So before you go to your workplace, you choose to let them know that you are a Christian and your attitude and character will show that. That you are going to be a beacon of light in that midst of darkness. And anybody that sees you knows who you are. And they say a swear word around you and they go, I'm sorry. Instantly, why? Because they already know who you are and they begin to respect you and respect what you stand for. The question you need to ask yourself at all situations is this. Is it God's truth or man's truth you stand for? Our culture nowadays stands to tell us that there's no absolute truth. It's always a, a question of compromise. But it is not. Truth cannot be changed. Truth is absolute. You stand for truth, you don't need to think twice. They ask you the same question when you're waking up, when you're going to sleep, when you are fully awake. The answer that comes out is always the same. It's always the same truth. But when you compromise certain truths, then your response to all situations becomes varied. Then there is no more substance in who you are. Because you are different to different situations at different times. And that identity crisis creeps up. Become like the cow that mews.
But be ready. What we hold true will be questioned. People will question God's words. People will question if Jesus is truly the Son of God. People will question you when you say you must be born again. We will be questioned about our values and challenged to stand firm. We'll be challenged on issues of marriage. We'll be challenged on issues of family. We'll be challenged on issues of money, of sanctity, of life. If we have the right to take it by ourselves or if it is okay that we wait for our time to come. Those are values that have been questioned nowadays. I'm not here to start to give you the answers, but the answers are all contained when we check in God's word. Renew your mind. Romans 12, verse 2 says, We will renew our mind and be transformed by it. I tell you, think on purpose. In any situation, don't just be taken by it. Don't be taken by the emotion of it. Don't be taken by all that everybody else supports. Take time, be purposeful, rethink, renew your mind. What is God saying in this situation? What should be? And then, on purpose, choose to be who you are. Discover how amazing life in Christ is meant to be. The truth of who God created you to be. And how he wants you to live. Our identity is not based on who others says we are. If you look at what other people are saying about you. And try to stand to be who they are thinking you are. You may be derailed. First, you need to know who you are and let them take the cue from you about who you are. Some days you feel low, some days you feel happy, some days you feel exhausted, others you feel like a big success and you're roaring. Your conscience tells you you're guilty, but faith's tells you you have forgiveness. Sometimes you feel like a failure, but that, that is not who you are. We can't look unto others, turn to them to tell us who we are. Let God establish your identity. So the next question I have is, who does God say you are. Sorry, I'm off. 
I'm going to read this because I don't want you to have any misunderstanding of what I'm passing on. And I want you to hold it seriously. You are a blood buff child of the living God, the Almighty. The creator and lover of human soul. You are his and he is for you. You are the center of God's affection. Created in his image and likeness. You are fearfully and wonderfully created. Made by the ultimate craftsman. He took his time to create you. God made you to feel a divine purpose. You are a heir to the king of all kings and the lord of lords. A citizen of heaven. That means whatever we hold dear here is nothing because our citizenship is from heaven. The Bible says you are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are not mortal as it seems. Your life is eternal. You will never really die. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Filled and empowered to be Christ's witness. You bear the seal of the Holy Spirit. So nothing can actually ever take you away from him. Because he did say that, Father, keep them for me. So that I don't lose any that you have given to me. Does this begin to make any sense to you on who you are? You are the child of a living God. So the question of who I am is found in knowing whose you are. Your identity is established in heaven by God. You are a child of God. So we need to daily remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. We are empowered to live victoriously. You are the child of God. John chapter 3 verse 1 read thus. It says, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And that is who we are. You are no less than the child of the creator of the heavens and the earth. Of anything you can see beyond what your mind can begin to see or even imagine. That's who you are. I'm bringing these words to us today. Why? Because we've been through a lot within the recent times. 
We've been downcast, we've been trodden. This virus called COVID had come, created fear, separated us from our loved ones, and make us not to even be able to relate with one another, get a hug, have a shake, have a laugh. No, we are distanced. We shouldn't be afraid as children of God. I'm not saying dump all these regulations that keeps us safe. No. But knowing who we are reinforces to us that whatever it is we're going through is just temporal. Some of us loved our loved ones. We know with time to come, because we are eternal beings, death is not really death because we have life eternally. We will see them, and in this long distant time, it is nothing. In a timelessness, 50, 100 years is nothing. It's just like a grain of sand in the wide open beach. So all the sorrow begins to disappear when we know this. We're locked up in a house and we can't go out for shopping. Nobody comes to see us and we feel lonely. Having this mindset of knowing who you are reinforces it to you that, no, I'm not bothered. It, is, it will come and it will pass. You do not belong to yourself. God bought you at a high price. Christ died on the cross so that we could have life. You are the center of God's love and affection. I want you to imbibe these words. They are words of encouragement at this difficult time. So that when we go out, we feel refreshed, we feel rejuvenated, knowing who we are, standing firm. Even in a world that is putting us down, we raise our head and stand high. I am the child of God. You are alive in Christ. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ even when we are dead in transgressions. It is his grace, by his grace, that you have been saved. So you are saved. You are made in the image of God. That's how important you are to God. Because when he was creating man, he says, come, let us make man in our image and likeness. You have the essence of God in you. You are his child. He bought you at a price. He loves you beyond measures. And he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. He says, do not fear. And the psalm I read, Psalm 139, I want to repeat the verse 13 again. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully 
and wonderfully made. Those are powerful words. God took his time to make you. He knew you before you were made. He knows every day you have before it ever came to be. How amazing, how wonderful does it feel to know that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, knew you even before you were formed. He knows your name. He knows your every thought. That, is, that fills me with fear when I think about it and I know that even before I think, God already knows what I'm thinking. It made me to redirect my thoughts, to be careful on what I think about, to know who I am and stand firm for what I believe in, to be convinced of who I am, to show the world who I am. And when you do that, you have Joy in abundance. You have peace. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ. To do good work. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Can you begin to imagine that God had made you for a purpose? You are his workmanship. Can you begin to imagine the best workman on earth? It's nothing. God specially made you. We are heirs. We are co-heirs with Christ Jesus. Does this begin to cut that you have an inheritance with God? That you share a place with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places? That you are no longer a slave. You are God's own child. And if you are God's child, everything he has created belongs to you. You are a citizen of heaven. Because in Philippians 3.20 it says, But there is far more to life for us. We are citizens of high heavens. Hallelujah. Don't you know that you yourselves, you are God's temple, that God's spirit lives in you? The Godhead lives in you. When you allow the spirit of God to walk through you, you will not be afraid of any situation. He will direct your path. He leads you. The psalmist wrote, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Yea, your cup overflows. And surely his goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. May the blessings of God be with you. Thank you, Sam's. That was an encouraging word for us. We need to remember who we are. I wonder if we just stand as we close our service. We're going to stand and pray together um, and just commit ourselves to him and to his care for, for this week. Father, we just thank you that you live within us. We thank you that we are yours. We thank you that we are children of the living God. And Father, we just submit ourselves to you again afresh today. Lord, we don't know what this week holds for us, but you do, for, for you already live in, in that week ahead of us. But Father, we know that whatever happens, we can trust you. And so, Father, whatever life has for us this week, Father, we pray that you'd help us to hold on to you, to keep trusting in you, Father, day by day, to realize who we are and to contemplate maybe afresh for some of us that we are children of the living God, Father, of that Alpha and Omega, Father, of that everlasting God. Father, we are your children. And so, Father, we just commit ourselves to you afresh today. Lord, bless our families and this fellowship, and Father, the churches across this area. And Lord, we pray that you would move through your spirit and that we would know your presence in ever-increasing measure. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and have a great week.